Kwaba. And that is Tree for Welcome. And if you haven't figured it out yet, this means we are in Ghana today. And I can't keep still. Someone is pretty excited to finally get to Ghana. I'm not going to say who, but she's sitting right beside me. As I said, she can't sit still. And even as a Nigerian, but you, you're just kind of like a mix of. Well, yeah. So I'm, I'm a little bit Ghanaian, guys. I capitalize on it depending on what the situation is. <laughs> Usually during World Cup, that's when I'm Ghanaian because they seem to make it further than Nigeria. Ah, please. It's true. I'm sorry. Uh, a couple y- times. Y'all, I don't watch soccer, so okay. that's, I'm just going to leave out. it for those who know. Yeah, yes. Just run out. <laughs> but apart from that, though, like, you're, aren't you a little bit excited? Don't you know a little bit about Ghana? I know only because you can't shut up about a lot of Ghanaian things. But a lot of, like Nigerians and Ghanaians were like, we're, we're like, like fighting we're siblings. like, yeah, that's true. We're like siblings that you always squirrel about food mostly and other things too. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's a, but it's always, you know, it's always good fun. And we have a dysfunctional relationship yeah, with Ghana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our Ghanaian proverb today is originally in Chui, one of the dialects of the Akan language. In English, it translates to nobody knows the beginning of a great man or woman. Ijama will pronounce the original tree version. So, my dear Ghanaian Nigerian, <laughs> over to you, girlfriend. I'm about to massacre this. Obinim Obrempon Ashase. Guys, how did I do? Please, I want to be one of you. Tell me if I got it correct. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Our feature dish today is Gary Photo. Now, when I told my Ghanaian friend I was making Gary Photo, she was a little disappointed because she thought I should go with something more festive. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking it may be that Gary Photo is kind of, because it's what you eat, it's almost like made from leftovers in a way. Um, you make it after you have like maybe leftover stew. That might be why she was a little bit disappointed. Um, I'm not sure why, but Gary Photo also doesn't come up high on the list of Ghanaian dishes when you look it up online. So if you Googled Ghanaian dishes, you might find other stuff like wache, jollof rice. You won't see Gary Photo as your top five. So I thought it would be a nice idea for us to try it. Mm-hmm. I've also never had it before. Um, even though I have eaten, I made quite a few Ghanaian dishes myself. Before we even dive into that, let's get you some background about Ghana. It was formerly called the Gold Coast because of a large supply of gold in that area. Ghana is also home to the Great Ashanti Empire that existed from 1701 to 1957. Ghana started trading with Europe around the 15th century and the King of Portugal commissioned the building of Elmina Castle in the late 15th century. Elmina Castle became one of the most significant stops along the slave trade route. It is the oldest European building in sub-Saharan Africa and is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So after the slave trade, Ghana became a British colony until independence in the year 1957. Modern-day Ghana is a West African country of about 30 million people. It shares its borders with Côte d'Ivoire, Togo, Burkina Faso, the Gulf of Guinea, and the Atlantic Ocean. The capital and the largest city is Accra. Kumasi is the second largest city and was a cultural and capital city of the historical Ashanti Empire. Mm -hmm. It is also the capital of the current Ashanti region. Mm -hmm. The official language in Ghana is English, but most people speak at least one indigenous language. The most widely spoken languages that are indigenous belong to the Akan group of languages, particularly Chui. Other spoken languages include Fanti, Ga, Eve, and Hausa. The Hausa part actually surprised me a little bit because I didn't know that. Oh yeah, north of Ghana, they speak Hausa too. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to Ghanaian cuisine, like many African countries, there are a lot of options to choose from. 
Before we get into the main dish of the day, we will touch on a number of them quite briefly. So to start with, you have a variety of soups that you can eat with fufu, rice balls, or another side called banku. We've talked about fufu many times on the podcast. Banku has a very similar consistency, similar to that of what I would call thickened dough, but it is made from fermented corn and cassava. Mm. Your school fees do not go to waste. Why have we not been comparing? I know, y'all. It's like dough. Mm -hmm. Thickened dough. All this time, we were trying to figure out how to to talk about fufu. I thought about this. I slept on it before this recording. God bless you. I was like, thank you. Your brain is is there. Your parents do not waste their tuition. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) But it is made from fermented corn and cassava. You can eat banku with a pepper mix or grilled tilapia fish. It goes with the tilapia, actually. Okay, great. Some other popular dishes are nkateng kwang. Do you want me? Let's, let's guide you through. I'm sorry. I said to your meal. I don't know why she kept like. <laughs> Nkatenkwan. Please. I'm going to let the Ghanaian Nigerian do the pronunciation. Okay. Some other popular dishes are. Nkatenkwan. Which is a peanut soup. Abenkwan. Which is a light palm butter soup made with tomatoes, peppers, garden egg or eggplants and carrots. There are also a variety of sauces you can eat with rice, plantain or yam. For example, there is. Kontomire. Which is vegetable <laughs> stew made with cocoa yam leaves. And there's also pal- palava sauce made with greens and egusi seeds that have been ground up. Egusi is very popular across West Africa. There's also stewed beans, which is called red red. And I don't know why. Maybe because it's made of palm oil. Mm. There is also kenke, which is made from sour corn and eaten with pepper and fried fish. And just to deviate there, do you know for the longest time, I thought that kenke was a Nigerian food. It's not. Nigerian. I thought it was a Nigerian food. I thought it was. I've heard of it before. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. So it's not just me. So Kenke is Guinean. Oh. And I think it makes sense. It sounds yeah. like Kente. That's that's not why it's Guinean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I swear so to I, God I went to school. <laughs> because my mom, like in the house, they started eating Kenke. Mm-hmm. So everybody ate Kenke, but I don't like Kenke. So mm-hmm. I would just be looking at them eating the kinke. And there was a time when we had a lot of Ghanaians in Lagos, in Nigeria, and they used to sell kinke on the streets. Oh, interesting. So that may be why you also thought it was Nigerian. Yeah. But it's yeah. actually from Ghana. Hmm. Okay. Think about it. Have you seen kinke since you were an adult and went back to Nigeria? No. Exactly. <laughs> so apart from kinke, you have wache. Wache is a rice and beans dish that you can eat with tomato stew and meat. I'm about to use a, say a word here that I think is correct. It's called mpotompoto. <laughs> it's an interesting name, which is like a yam porridge. And it's kind of similar to what we had in Burkina Faso. And we had the yam stewed in, yam that's stewed, yeah. Um, there's also a celebratory yam dish called eto. Eto is made of y- mashed yam and palm oil. And it's eaten with boiled eggs and sometimes avocado. Boiled eggs seem to be very common in many Guinean dishes. So mm-hmm. you eat wache, you have boiled eggs. You make a stew, you put boiled eggs in it. You eat garifoto, you can eat it with boiled eggs. So it's very mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, yeah. And there are also a bunch of street foods and snacks, which you may have heard us mention before. For instance, we have bufrut, which was one of the donuts that we covered in our special from the last season. It is also called puff puff. You also have spicy fried plantain called kiliwili. You might have heard about Kiliwili from our plantain special from earlier this season. As I mentioned earlier, there are so many dishes to choose from in Ghana, like many other African countries. And this is just a sample. Ghana is also known for exporting and growing cocoa. And there is a healthy chocolate making industry in the place. Okay, So let's talk about Gary Photo. 
In its most basic form, it is gari mixed with a tomato-based stew. Gari is cassava that has been processed into a fine grain form, and we'll have pictures of it on the blog. It's a little it's a little finer than couscous. So the color of it, it's typically white. Sometimes if you've cooked it, there's a method of processing it with palm oil that makes it yellow. But in Ghana, I think it's usually the white one that you will find. Um, depending how it's been processed, it might taste slightly sour mm-hmm. as well. So for gari photo, we would recommend um, the gari that is referred to as Ghanaian gari, just because it's a little bit less sour. And I think it's it's better for this for dish. this meal. Yeah. yeah, for this dish. So some people eat gari photo with a fried egg or boiled egg or meat. Uh, a friend of mine says she eats it with kiliwili, which I think makes sense because it kind of I don't know what what triggered that, but maybe because it kind of looks like stewed rice, almost like couscous, yeah. like jollof couscous. That's why um, you can zhuzh up gari photo in different ways, and that's kind of what we did. So like we said, traditionally it would just be you mixing gari with stew, mm-hmm. right? But people put like carrots, onions red peppers, green peppers, and it looks really pretty. And it also makes it look, it, it also gives it some bulk, makes it more filling, and it's healthier too because you have the veggies in it. Mm-hmm. You can eat it warm or close to hot, but not cold. I wouldn't recommend eating it cold. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like we said, there are different ways of doing it. Another thing I did was I put a little bit of shrimp in it. I had some leftover shrimp, and I threw it in. I don't know if you even noticed that. But. I did. Oh, okay. I think I did. I can't remember. It didn't stand out. Sorry. Thanks for the shrimp, though. You know what's going to happen? The next time I make <laughs> seafood, I'm going to take out the quantity that no, I use for the gari photo. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> that's belief who's cooking here. <laughs> yeah, anyway, to visualize it is very pretty. And the contrast in the yellowish powdery gari intertwined with the colorful vegetables is really nice to look at. If you've not had a chance to look at the blog yet, imagine couscous stir fried in a melody of vegetables. So yeah, I'm just going to pause. So you imagine that? Okay, moving on. (laughs) So let's talk about the cooking process here. Um, If you don't have any leftover stew, I made mine from scratch. So I used tomatoes, onions, a little bit of curry for spice. There was pepper, garlic, tinned tomato. I had my shrimp. I had my gari, of course. And to give it a bit more color, I had some spring onions, some green pepper, and some red pepper. Mm -hmm. Now, another thing I used for this is I had some leftover flavored oil. And I think that gari photo will go very well with flavored oil. So let's say you have cooked something and it has too much oil and you drain some of it out, maybe like a stew or something like that. You can use that or you Hmm. can just use plain oil. Mm -hmm. So how I made it was I blended my tomatoes and my peppers, set it aside, heated up the oil, added um, chopped garlic, a little bit of chopped onions, you saute that together, and then you add in your tinned tomato, fry it for about 20 minutes or so because mm-hmm. you want to do it until it's really cooked um after frying for about 20 minutes then you add in your tomato paste sorry mm-hmm. not your tomato paste your tomato blend the one has been blended with the pepper you put that in i tried to make it as seasoned and spicy as possible because i knew i was going to be putting in the gary into it uh so you just cook that add your bouillon cube your salt your curry almost like you're making a typical west african stew that's what would go into it just cook it how you would make your stew essentially um, after that's cooked a little bit, you add in your shrimp when it's close to being done so that you don't overcook the shrimp. I'm extra with seasoning. So even I've never put anything inside raw that I haven't pre-seasoned. Mm-hmm. So even when I put shrimp into something, I've already put salt and pepper in it. Mm-hmm. So you cook the whole cooking process. I say for that stew would probably take about 40 minutes mm-hmm. okay. in total. Um, close to the end, you add in your 
green peppers and red peppers that have been sliced. Now, this is optional. This is purely for garnishing purposes and making it look nice. Mm-hmm. Or you eat it, of course. Um, I added that in and then let it simmer a little bit for like 10 minutes. Like I said, the entire cooking process took like 40 minutes, maybe 45, 50, but about 40, you should be good. And then once your stew is ready, you want to wet your gary a little bit. So you just, what you want is you're trying to get the gary to a consistency that it's not very dry because gary is grainy. grainy. Yeah, that's yeah. the word. The word is grainy. Yeah. So you don't want to be eating it. I mean, eating crunch. You don't want it to be crunchy. Oh, okay. you did. Yeah. So all... Well, seeing as Yami is saying, okay, maybe her own was crunchy. I don't know. But you don't want it to be too, you don't want it to be too, crunch, too crunchy. Mm-hmm. So you wet it with a little bit of water until it becomes closer to the consistency of couscous, actually. Mm-hmm. So not yeah. too much. And once that's been done, then you mix in your stew. Okay. And then you eat it. Um, I tried it. F- so this is what happened. I made a lot of it. I tried it a little bit. It was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I froze it. And then I brought it out, defrosted it. By the time I ate it again, I realized it'd become a little softer, lighter, and fluffier. Mm-hmm. Um, what did I think about it? I thought it was nice. Again, it's one of those things where it's completely dependent on your stew because you're just mixing stew with it. Yeah, um, It's a good way to use over use your leftover stew mm-hmm. and eat it with a hodgepodge of things. You can eat it with plantain. You can eat it with chicken. You can eat it with pork, however it is that you want to eat it. Some people eat it with shito, which is a Ghanaian pepper sauce. And that's how I ate a little bit of it as well. This shito kind of accompanied the dish. And it actually makes sense to me that you say you can eat it with leftover things. If some of the background of it was that it's a combination of things that were almost mm-hmm. like a leftover. And I think that's what I think photo. I don't remember which language it is, but I think photo actually means like a mishmash of things. Mm. So it's like Gary mishmash. Yeah. Personally, I liked it. What it it. I liked it, but it almost had like traumatic memories for me. I swear, guys, I'm not. I'm going to stop having like stories and things. Look, the point of this podcast is to educate people. I don't know not, why you're coming not, here. Not for like they are not your therapists. They are not <laughs> your therapists. I okay, don't all right, all right. I'll skip that. But it did. It reminded me of. Let me just say, it reminded me of high school. There was this thing where you'd mix Gary with all sorts of ingredients that you had left over, and you eat it. However, um, it wasn't. It was almost like onions and some things. It was. It was a good way. I mean, I was in boarding school, so, you know, hunger was a thing at some points. Um, anyway, I personally liked it. Um, would I make it on its own? Maybe not. Because mm-hmm. um, it's personally, I like, I don't really like Gary in that way. Mm-hmm. I really like my Gary either it's made into kind of like a fufu consistency mm-hmm. or something where I'm having my Gary with cold water. So in other words, the way you're already used to eating Gary. Yeah, the way I'm already used to eating Gary. So like, for some for some background, like for us, the, the different ways we eat Gary is you cook it with hot water and make it into that dough consistency. Think dough, yes, <laughs> consistency. And then you eat it with a variety of soups. Yes. Or you can put some water in it. Um, we call it soaking Gary. Yes. Or yeah, put some water in it, add some sugar mm-hmm. and some people add a uh, granite or peanuts into it. Yeah, and some and people add, add milk. powdered milk. I don't know. That is delicious. It's honestly that thing if you delicious. eat powdered milk in your soaked gary, I am judging you from the bottom of my heart. You hands. can judge what you want. It tastes amazing. <laughs> I haven't I haven't actually eaten I haven't soaked Gary. You know, I have a story about Gary actually. Mm-hmm. I also have a traumatic story. Ooh. When I was Jama's trauma. <laughs> <laughs> When I was growing up as a kid, right, it was almost like clockwork. The fact is, my parents had three kids. They were both working. 
They were like, we don't have time for this. They would draw up a timetable and be like, this is what you're eating. Now, to appease everybody, because I come from a traditional Igbo family, soups were plenty and abundant. A lot of Nigerian traditional Igbo soups. Mm-hmm. What that meant was that somebody in the house, the, the people that lived with us, would cook a pot of soup that will last for one week, mm-hmm. right? Which meant pretty much Monday to Friday, we would eat eba. That's the Gary thing with the soup. So I come back from school, eba, eba. Monday, eba. Gary. Tuesday, <laughs> Gary. Wednesday, <laughs> Gary. And then on Friday, I'm really excited because it's Gary, finished. Gary, Gary. <laughs> and on failing Saturday, they'll make a new pot of soup. <laughs> now, I'm not complaining. Yes, I, like this is a, we had food to eat, right? Yeah. So I'm not, comp- but really what that did to me was, now that you don't even want to even see girl, it. Girl, after I finished, I left my mother's house, moved to university, and had some pocket money and started working. I was like, I will never eat Eba again. <laughs> From 2004, what, you were in 2021? Yeah. Between 2004 and 2021, wow, that's a long time. Uh-huh. I can count on one hand how many times I've eaten Eba. What? I had soaking Gary like and last I think, week. No, that's Eba. Then oh. Gary, I think I've soaked once. I refuse. I'm judging. I refuse. Like the the milk and ice cube thing brings back fun memories. But the reason why I don't do it often, at least for me, the reason why I don't do it often is because Nigerian peanuts here are so expensive. I want to buy it and it's like, God knows how many dollars for one bottle. I'm like, well, it's not that serious. Mm. And I know you don't eat peanuts anyway. No, so. I don't. But yeah, yeah, so that's the way we're used to eating Gary, either as the pasty thing, the dough. I can't believe I'm calling it by a dough. Yeah, it is kind of a dough though when you think about it. Like, Nigerians are like, going to insult us. Like, what are you calling a dough? Well, if you don't like the way we describe it, feel free to <laughs> drop us a comment about how you would describe Gary to someone who has not seen it before. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess apart from the fact that you were used to eating it a different way, you said you would you liked it. But I you liked it. Make it no, again. like I liked it. So, for example, if you don't have the biases I'm coming in with, I mm-hmm. think it's something that you'd be like, oh, this is interesting. So as we say on this podcast, we use our own life experiences to translates into as we are reviewing or tasting these meals mm-hmm. so one thing too is that um i'm a nigerian but i'm also yoruba with and that's one of the tribes within nigeria and so within that you have what we call ijebu gari and so that gari is much much more sour than this one mm. so for reference because i'm and that gari is amazing for soaking and even sometimes for making the eba as well so because i personally have a preference for that more sour form of gary it actually i think that kind of played into how i perceived the meal itself mm. right like i kind of looked at it, it was like mm, you know my expectations were cut short well can you imagine making this with about ijebu gary that exactly. would be too sour I, I don't yeah exactly and which is kind of why where there's this cognitive dissonance between what you expect to taste and what you eventually taste because before I ate it in my head because I'm so used to having that really sour Gary mm-hmm. that's kind of what I was kind of expecting but then oh. it wasn't quite as sour and I was like this is not bad but at the same time there's all these other flavors honestly I think it was really good mm-hmm. um it was different mm-hmm. uh, which doesn't different doesn't mean bad yeah true yeah I mean there's there are different tastes in the world right mm-hmm. so it's a different yeah I, I liked it as well you know I've come to think of it so have you it's almost a badge of disgrace for me that you don't know much about Ghanaian food how many Ghanaian dishes have you had before I'm going to have much more when you cook for me so you actually have on the most serious note no I haven't had a lot there is a Ghanaian um, restaurant that you need to go to to go and acquaint yourself with some things 
So I should just go there and just sit down and just be ordering food. Mitch has had more Ghanaian food than you have. That's a real possibility. Mitch is one of our friends. So yeah. and Mitch is not African. No, he's not. He's but I can have a better Canadian. conversation with Mitch about Ghanaian food than I can have with you. You know what? You know what? Big to the hands. All right. <laughs> As usual, we'll have more photos of Gary Foto on our website and on Instagram. So if you try Gary Foto or any other Ghanaian dishes, most likely more than I have, drop a comment on one of our platforms and let us know what you think. Anyway, with that, we've come to the end of our episode. Stay safe, be kind, and we'll see you again from another country to bring you a small taste of Africa. Bye. She said it. She said it. Oh, my God. She said it. Thank you for listening. While the podcast airs every two weeks, we have a backlog of episodes just waiting for you to enjoy. The show is a collaboration between Tunuka Media and 234 Pantry. African My Kitchen is produced by Tunuka Media and co-hosted with 234 Pantry. So while on Instagram, visit both Tunuka Media and 234 Pantry. With Tunuka Media, you'll find out about more shows produced which aren't necessarily food-related, while on 234 Pantry, you will get more food-related content. For example, Tunuka Media also produces another show called Overlooked, which I host. All the links with the relevant information to connect with us are located in the show notes. Like, subscribe, and share within your community. We'd also really love for you to give the show a high rating wherever you enjoy your podcasts.